and welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Hello, and welcome to Coffee and Catholics. Today we are going to be talking about how God is working in our lives now. We figured... We have shared a lot of our stories about how God worked our lives in the past and how those that working has brought us to where we are now in our journey. But we don't really talk a whole lot about what's going on with us in the now. And we kind of, we thought it would be interesting to have an episode talking about how God is always, he's continuously working on us and through us and with us even today. God has been working in my life very strongly recently. Like, I've definitely had things in the past where, like, I feel like, you know, kind of the crickets, like nothing's really, like, going on. And maybe those are kind of more periods of desolation. Um, But right now, he has been really working on my heart um, with regard to, and I I know I've talked a little bit about it um, before, but with regard to humility, um, just trying to take that pride away from me. because you know, I didn't realize how prideful of a person I was. I remember in the past talking, like you know, talking to God, and I'm like trying to figure out, well, like I don't really sin. Like that actually went through my head <laughs> more than once. And then I realized after you know, like listening to some people, like, oh, that's a sin. That's that that means that you're sinful if you cannot think of one. Uh, I got to put on a spiritual director hat here. Not necessarily. It doesn't necessarily, it means that you have very few times sometimes, depending on where you are in your spiritual life, it's possible to have very few times where you are willfully sinning, where you are choosing to sin, where you are, oh, you true. have walked away from venial sin. You're still making these sins of imperfections though. There are imperfections mm-hmm. in your soul every day, usually every day, but there is a point in the spiritual life mm-hmm. Where you can honestly say, I have not chosen to sin today. That That's not a thing that's uncommon as you advance. In yeah. the, if you are really seeking true union with God and you're moving through those stages, but yeah. hat off. I just want to make sure. No, no, I'm glad, that you, I'm glad that you say that. So then I will say that at that point in time, I was not in a place in my spiritual life where I could say that I deliberately was not sinning. Well, then you're a sinful picture. (laughs) I was just a very prideful person. So anyways, God's working with me right now in in a couple of different ways. Um, In in my relationships, um, in learning how to... how to get out of the way of other people's faith journeys of how to let go of control. Um, and also of when I have an honest, when I have an honest reason to be heartbroken about something. Um, and this, I, I'm not going to go in obviously, like I'm not going to go into specific detail about this thing because it's ongoing. But um, in this specific instance, looking at that heartbreak and knowing that, like, yes, I have a legitimate reason to be hurting, to be sad, to feel heartbroken. But if I want the good for the other, I have to put that aside. And that is incredibly painful. But it's also very, very beautiful. And it has been, you know, people have talked about, like, you're living purgatory here on earth so that you can receive heaven. And I, I do want that. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're going through it, it's like, oh, gosh. 
much. <laughs> like, do I really? But like, I do. But um, yeah, so like right now I'm going through a process where, where I'm learning to really die to self. And I've been horribly imperfect at it. <laughs> I've had times where, um, you know, like things have happened that have been really hard where I've fallen away from prayer and fallen away from all of that and allowed the difficulty to just kind of be where I'm at and I don't invite God into it. And so he's teaching me like, oh, like I did that. What I really want to be doing is persevering and prayer through that because I can't advance my relationship with you unless I persevere. And so he's really showing me those things. So he's showing me how to persevere right now. He's showing me how to die to myself right now. Um, He's showing me very much like where it is that I am sinful right now. That's where that's where I'm at right now. And like I said, it can be it can be a painful place, but it is such an incredibly beautiful place because I can see the love behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so it's yeah, it's it's an incredibly beautiful place to be in. I don't think it's a coincidence that I'm sitting here staring at this verse, which I was going to reference in my own story. But when I think of what you just said about going through, you know, wanting to be willing to receive your purgatory here in order to gain heaven quicker. Psalm 84, 5 says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage, which is what that is. As they pass through the valley of Baca, which is suffering, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains will cover it and make pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. I, that's a Holy Spirit moment right there because you were just talking about that and here that is a living testimony to that journey that the psalmist is talking about right there. That's, that's really beautiful, beautiful passage. Yeah. Well, I love that because I've, I've, there have been so many times that I've read scripture in the Psalms and I'm reading it and I'm like, uh-huh. I don't know what any of this means, but now, like, I get that one. <laughs> Which one was that again? This is Psalm 84. This this 84. is this has always been a benchmark for me, a, sort of a spiritual marker. Psalm 84 has always been um, at every point in my life. When I was in college at a Baptist school in the heyday of the early worship where, you know, there was a song. You guys remember Passion with Christy Knuckles? And y'all are just looking at me like, what? <laughs> okay, so this is a Protestant thing. Don't knock it. It's amazing. Look it up later. Y'all too, listeners. Uh, anyway, so you probably remember it if y'all were Christians back then. So anyway, Passion it was this worship group that toured the country to colleges. And it was all college students falling in love with Jesus, worshiping God. It was an amazing, beautiful revival um, that took place when I was in college among Christians. And they had this song, Better Is One Day in oh, Your Court. Yes, I love beautiful. that song. I didn't know who that was, but yeah. I love that song. Well, yeah. it, it changed my life. That song was sort of uh, what, what, kind of one of those things that ushers you into the throne room, into a deeper place with God in your spiritual life. Mm-hmm. And it became an anthem in my life. Even in darkness, it became an anthem for me. And every part of it, I can tell you stories about the ways that my life has lived in and out and breathed with this psalm. And I, I feel like in my life right now, this this is making a, re- a reemergence as God is showing up in my life as healer, um, not physical healing, although there are some things I wish you would heal physically, but spiritual healing, um, emotional healing. Over Lent, I did 
a devotional by Sister Miriam Hyland called Restore. And it was all about allowing God to heal those wounded places inside of you. And so I did allow him to open up some things. And um, it was really, really painful and, and powerful and illuminating. There were, when I'm trying to assess the ways that I am getting in the way of the Lord's work in my life because of my fears or my wounds. He was showing me things that I hadn't even realized were impacting that. Instances that he was bringing to my memory, taking my hand and walking me back to and saying, I want you to look at this because this is when this little heart, this, this heartbreak happened for you right here at this moment. Like he had his finger on it. Like he's pointed out to me, like um, saying, this is why you are the way you are. Not that thing that you thought it was. It's this over here. And I was like, what? And it was a it was a relationship wound that I thought, I mean, I thought it was just kind of ancillary to something else. But he said, this is why you struggle with fear of abandonment. It wasn't stuff that happened in your childhood. It was then, you know, um, when this happened. And I'm being vague for a reason. I wish I could be more specific, but... And I needed to know that because that allowed me to ask him to heal me in a different way so that I could face these, the struggles and the wounds in my life that make relationships in my life difficult and make, their, make division between people that I love and I and create walls and things like that. Because that's what it all is. It's wounding that creates fear which keeps us defensive and sarcastic instead of vulnerable and open, you know? So that's what God has been doing is he's been showing. And part of this, and I'm saying all of that to say this, part of this has to do with a miscarriage that I had in a previous time in my life that I never grieved. And you guys have heard me talk about this over and over again, but something else happened. Okay. And I'm bringing it back to Psalm 84, I promise you. So, I'm going to read a couple of verses from Psalm 84, and then I'm going to tell you a story that happened last week. Keep in mind, this has been the, 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 the psalm of my life. If I had a life verse, it would be this one or Psalm 16, which I could read that too, but we'll just stay here. So it says, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns and even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and a swallow, a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. And I, when I became a mother, I took that to heart because I was returning to the church when my children were little, and I wanted to place my children near the Lord's altar. I wanted to raise them there, you know, metaphorically, bring them to mass, bring them near him. Um, hopefully, you know, praying if it's the Lord's will that one would have a, a vocation so that it could find his joy at his altar. So all these things are going through my head as a mom. All the while, I'd never grieved this first baby that I'd had. And through a series of strange events from certain friends forcing me to face it, I began to accept that loss and begin to grieve and respect that loss. It's been a long process, over six months. But something happened last week that sort of bow tied it, like just tied a whole bow on the whole thing. In my dining room, I have an altar and it's kind of a bigger ish altar and it has a huge crucifix. And then there's this window that faces outside to the front porch right next to it. So I'm in my dining room working and I hear this cheep, cheep, cheeping and a lot of bird talk out there. And I was like, wow, what's going on? Somebody's fighting or playing and it sounded fun and sweet. So I was just listening. 
And then I'm going outside later and I'm going to water this fern that's on my porch that I've horribly neglected. It has dead, you know, leaves everywhere. I feel like the worst plant mom ever. And I go to grab this fern and this bird flies out and into my face. And I was like, what? I mean, you just don't think a potted plant that a bird's going to fly. I mean, you see them playing on it, but you never think that that's going to happen. And she like aggressively flies at me and I'm like, what? <laughs> so I stopped. I immediately stopped and I went, oh, did you need that space? Like, is something going on? Like, you don't want me to be here. And I look up into that potted fern and I stand on this little chair on my porch and there is this nest that she has built with this four little robin's eggs, little blue robin's eggs. And one of them has just hatched, and I mean maybe minutes ago. And there's this baby bird with his mouth wide open. And I'm going to send Stacy the picture so that she can post it when we do this episode <laughs> so she can, I can show you what I'm talking about. And he's just cheap, cheaping away. And so I grabbed my phone and I snapped a picture and then I ran off and I told her I was never going to bother her again. It's all her. She can do what she wants with it. And we have been enjoying this sweet little bird family. They're all hatched now. <laughs> They're all in the nest. She goes back and forth every day taking care of them. And we are it's become like a family thing to watch this bird family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and this dead fern that I don't put down. <laughs> so, so here's what I'm saying is that this nest was right outside my altar room. And the second I saw it, the Lord said, there's a bird nest near the altar of God in your house. And it was a, it was an absolute Holy Spirit moment where he said, I'm giving you this as a physical reminder of my healing for you. Because here's the kicker, guys. There weren't three eggs in that nest for my three living children. There were four, four eggs. And my son is the one that pointed that out to me. And he said, Mama, because we were talking about something else related to how God restores us and how anything that we lose for the sake of the kingdom, God will bring it back to us, that we can't outgive God. You know, we're having these conversations. And he says, yeah, mama, like when you lost your baby, your baby that died, you know, he gave you three more, like the robin's nest. There's four eggs in the robin's nest. My son says this to me, my seven-year-old, who I hadn't even been talking to about this stuff. And it, I know that that's, sort of jumbled and probably isn't coming across. But for me, that visual of the Lord's healing work in my life this last year was the most powerful, one of the most powerful things I think I've ever experienced spiritually. And I know that that was from him. And I know he allowed that Robin to nest there and have her babies near my altar for a reason. And I you know, some people are probably like, that's a coincidence, whatever you read that is. I don't care. I'm telling you, it's bearing spiritual fruit in my life. So that's good. So that's what God's been doing is that he's been showing up as healer, uninvited. And also, I want to add that the part of the story that's a twist is that I felt really guilty that I had been neglecting that fern for weeks. I mean, it looks terrible. <laughs> and every time I would go inside the house, I kept thinking, I spent so much money on that fern. <laughs> And my husband told me it would die within a week. And I told him I would be better this time. And I would, I would, I would water it. And I didn't. And it died. Um, but had I not neglected that fern, that mama never would have felt safe to lay her babies there. And he told me that too. And he said, I will use even the things that you neglect if you will give it all to me. I will use even the things you do wrong to draw you to me. And I, I mean, it was... 
just a profound experience of continual surrender to the Lord. Like you said, Alicia, just letting those attachments dissolve and just giving it back to him. Because it's uncomfortable for me. I'm not really comfortable with strong sentimental feelings like that inside of myself. I appreciate them in others. But when they occur inside of me, that Midwestern part of me is like, shut it down. No. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, settle down. Get control. So to let the Lord bring that pain up again and start tinkering with it and playing with it was a a surrender for me. It was hard for me to do. I don't want to do it. I, I, I I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's fine. He's like, yeah. So when you ask him to do stuff, don't be surprised if he actually does stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. so that's what he's doing with yeah. me right now. Well, see, and I've heard people say, you know, like things like we've said in previous episodes about like, you know, asking for humility is a dangerous prayer. Technically, every prayer, if you're looking at it like that, is a dangerous quote unquote <laughs> prayer mm-hmm. because he's going to answer your prayer yeah. the way that he wants to answer it. He knows that you need. Mm-hmm. And so, the, like, you know, you're talking about how some people might say, well, that was just a coincidence. We've talked about God working in us, the, meeting us where we're at. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to make sense to other people. Right. It reminds me of someone that I know who was telling me a story about this thing that happened to her, this very profound spiritual experience where she felt like she got a message from God. And I'm sitting here listening to her, like very interested in what she has to say. And she like gets to the end. And I'm like, I didn't realize it was the end because there was like, I was waiting for like the climax of the story and like nothing happened. But like, (laughs) so for me, the story, there was no significance for me, but for her, it was something that was very profound and so it was just something I had to be like, you know, you know, that's that's great for you. That's amazing for you. It, like it had no effect on me, but it was beautiful that it had such a profound effect mm-hmm. on her. Over the past year, I guess I've been maybe more than a year holding position and this waiting. But over the past year, maybe two years, I've been shown God's been working in the waiting, if that makes any sense. Like there's a lot of work that's happening in the waiting that... Is supposed to prepare me for what's next. But um, at first it felt very like abandoned. Like, why would you put this on my heart if this isn't where I'm supposed to be just yet? But there's been a lot of lessons in that waiting that have been very beautiful. And when I started to let go of a lot of those feelings of abandonment or loss or just confusion, I guess, there's a lot of peace in that. And then within that, that peace that came... There's also been some things like I've had some people in my life that I'm really close with that have started to have some struggles with their faith that they almost want to debate me about these things. And I've been able to just state some truths and move on and not get so wrapped up in the the hurt that those, those moments could cause. That's been kind of nice. Um, I do feel very tired. Like it's been exhausting, but it's also been peaceful. Like I, uh, it's been it's been beautiful. But like I'm physically tired. Like there's a lot of stuff going on, but at the same time, I'm I feel all right about all of it. If that makes any sense. It's been kind of weird. You know, my Mag ninety group, I would tell them these things that were going on, and I'm like, they're like, oh, that's so horrible. I'm like, ah, it'll be what God wants it to be. <laughs> like it kind of threw them back and. I was like, I don't know why I feel that much peace about it, but it's been nice not to be stressed out mm-hmm. about these things that could be really stressful, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Things with our family, things with 
uh, all sorts of things. And also at the same time that all this like possibly stressful things have been going on, um, my husband, we had, this is something we talked about when we first bought our property, but he decided to start a vineyard and it's just been like, talk about being out there and just feeling the Bible. Like, mm-hmm. it's, if that makes any sense, like yeah. being the workers in the vineyard yes. and pruning and, and my children even quoting Bible verses about oh. the vineyard to me as we're working together oh, as a family. Incredible. And oh. it's just like, I, you know, and sometimes my husband goes, was I crazy for doing this? I was like, I don't know, but it's where we're supposed to be right now. Like, I just have this, like, it's just peace. So it's been really nice to just have that. Like, and then, Anybody has said before, there's like, oh, be careful about these prayers that you pray for. And there are crosses that go with them. But it's that reaction to the crosses that I think is where the root of everything is. Like, are you going to, am I going to be stressed out and being all over the place and crazy? Or am I going to accept them and live them joyfully? That doesn't mean I'm not tired. It doesn't mean that. I wish that things would be different or whatever, but at the same time, I'm like, they're going to be the way God needs them to be in this moment. And that's really been helpful. I love this shared work too. Mm-hmm. Like the working in the vineyard next to each other. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's going to bear some spiritual fruit. Mm-hmm. Get out in nature, I guess. I'm not a nature person to let, don't let me fool you. <laughs> but I love that vision. I like to picture in my head, Andy across the field looking at you with his hand on his hip saying, am I crazy for having done this? <laughs> and you're just over there just doing what you're doing all calm with the grapes saying, it's just where we are, babe. Get back to it. Like, I think that's beautiful. But then he's also starting to talk about expanding the vineyard. Yeah. I was like, ooh, I don't know if we're ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it'll be what it's going to be. But I was like, how about we finish what we've started over right here first? And he's already talking about petting in the back part of the pasture. Oh, so, my goodness. Yeah. You might have to be the prudent mm-hmm. voice in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see where it goes. It's yeah. fun to see them growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it like is. You, like, you can see them. Like, yeah. you know, it's becoming what, when you think of a vineyard yeah. in, a, in, like, a movie. You know? Oh, yeah. It's starting to look like that. It is. It's really cool. Like, I want to be, like, in a long white dress with, like, a candle running through it, you know, or something like that. <laughs> well, I did not picture that at all. But I love where you went with that. <laughs> well, we've had, and what's also been beautiful about it is we've had a lot of friends come and help us with it, too. So oh, it's not just our family. So you know, Alicia and her kids came out, and we had our homeschool group came out, and we had some friends from Tulsa come down, and... The the vision that's in my head is two, three years from now, these same kids that help plant it coming out and helping us harvest the grapes and just yes. like seeing and like having mm-hmm. these cookouts. It's just that community, that mm-hmm. this one action and all the community and and fellowship. Like adoption. The very fellowship that has. work in the community mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I love it. But yeah, just seeing like, I don't know if metaphor is the right word. Like the metaphor, I guess, behind all of that or whatever. And you're like, you're talking about, about um, the, you're talking about like, you know, looking at the Bible stories or whatever, mm-hmm. how they're pruning and, you know, working the vineyard and all of that stuff and, you know, producing fruit and all that kind of stuff. Cause like you're bringing people in there with you. Well, and the line that keeps going through my head is the harvest is plentiful, but the harvesters are few. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I don't know. 
It's just that's what just keeps going through my head every time I drive put into my ha- driveway. I'm like, that's the line that comes into my head. And I wonder what God's gonna do with that line in your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Means something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, when I hear other people talking about, like you say, you're in this kind of difficult waiting period, and I hear you say that, and I'm like, oh, you know, like I get excited for you. Like, where is this going? And I, but then I know that, like, you know. It can be difficult to be in there. And then when I'm in that place, I'm like, oh, gosh, this, this doesn't feel beautiful at all. Mm-hmm. And if somebody were to tell me, like, oh, that's beautiful, I might smack them. And like, <laughs> you know. For our listeners who don't know, because they know, because I've talked about that, like, the Celtic vision of the Holy Spirit is represented by a wild goose and not a, a gentle dove. And I've always kind of... I, I see that version of the Holy Spirit a lot because the Holy Spirit in my life has worked where it's like, you know, they're going to snip me along where I he need. He's going to snip me along where I need to go more like a goose than a gentle, but he's gentle too, but not as much as just a gentle bite. Yes. A gentle bite. <laughs> um, but it's been also interesting a lot while I've been family members and, and friends that are having these faith struggles and things like that, that have been, difficult on me too and then this the vineyard and everything else there's been a lot i mean i know that they have a migratory period like i know logically they have a migratory pattern but these geese just keep popping up even like we were at the zoo the other day my kids and i were and these baby goslings went across the way from us and just like this whole geese have been around a lot lately Take that as you will, but that's no, to I me. That's legit. I, I mean, all of creation speaks to yeah. the wonder of God. It's his megaphone. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit's been coming up a lot in reading and stuff like that. So it's just like the whole, like, well, you've been reading a lot about the Holy Spirit, so you're going to be thinking about the Holy Spirit. But in the same way, like, but the geese make me think of the Holy Spirit. They've been popping up a lot. They've been pop- He's been popping up and reading a lot. Mm-hmm. And Pentecost is coming up when we're recording this. By the time... You guys listen to it. It would have already happened. But as we're recording this, Pentecost is coming. So I feel like the, mm-hmm. I don't know what the Holy Spirit's working, but I mean, he brought us together. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yes, I've always been a bit of a skeptic. And so like hearing you talk about, um, hearing you talk about how people, like we've said it a couple of times that people might be thinking like, oh, well, you know, it's just coincidence and stuff like I think about that sometimes, but then I'm like, you know, it's it's too many coincidences. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it seems to be. I don't know if it, for, it sounds like it's similar for you guys, that it's just like all these things playing together, coming together, and all these little coincidences that, like, you know, in the past or whatever, I, I used to think, like, you know, oh, well, you know, that is just a coincidence, and then it happens again, and then again, and then again, and then it's like, eventually, it, it, they're not coincidences anymore, because right. they're just, that's not statistically possible, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, or highly improbable, at the very least, and so, and then, then they're so deeply personal, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? So, well, you know, St. Teresa of Avila talks about that, too. She says, people can talk about their experiences with God, and you can either believe them or not believe them. She's like, but one of the signs that it truly is the Lord is that the person to, who has experienced it has absolutely no doubt in their mind that it was him. It, no doubt as if he had stood right in front of them and said X, Y, and Z to them. And there's nothing you could say that convinced them otherwise. Mm-hmm. You know, And it bears fruit in their lives, and they're different from that point on. I think that's the litmus test right there, you know, yeah. when you're having those experiences where you're like, nah, that's just, but then is it bearing fruit? Mm-hmm. 
did it, did, are you keep returning to it as a benchmark? Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things. Yeah. Well, see, and you talking about bearing fruit, that's another thing that I've been, God has been showing me recently is um, I, I'm not quite sure exactly what I'm supposed to be doing for God. Um, a couple of years ago, he pulled me out of ministry um, and I, I got kind of like this message that I just needed to be focusing on my family, which I feel bad for saying this. It was very hard for me because from the t- before my conversion until then, like I, I wanted so badly to, to reach out into the world and make a difference in people's lives. And so when I thought about having children, I thought, okay, well, I'll, I, you know, I can have children, but I have to also have this thing over here. And over time, I think that thing over here kind of took priority over my family. But I didn't, I, I kind of knew it, I think, but I still allowed it to happen, which is really sad. But he pulled me out of that. The lesson was really hard, but it ended up being good. So he called me away from ministry. Um, yeah, it was a hard lesson. Um, sadly for me, it was a hard lesson to let go of kind of outside ministry and focus on my family. But through that, like he really reprioritized because, you know, it's supposed to be God, family, everything else. And I was going like, God, kind of everything else very, very closely followed by behind my, like my family. And I, I, I still makes me so sad to say that I was ever at that place, but I, I was. And so anyways, he's, you know, there have been, I started getting, after a while of being away from all of that, I started getting this yearning again for being out there doing something. Um, and I know that God put, doesn't put things in our hearts that he's not going to fulfill, you know, mm-hmm. in some way, not, not always the way that we expect it to by any means, but he fulfills it in some way for, you know, the, whatever way is going to be best for us and best for his work through us. And, um, so he started like, you know, opening up little opportunities here and there for me to make a difference in people's lives, even just small differences and, and things like that. And um, I really want to have like help people on a path to God, but I really, really suck at talking to people about God because I get too excited. Like I have this tendency, it's really annoying. I have this tendency when I start talking about something that I'm passionate about, especially when it has to do with faith or um, you know, some kind of issue like abortion that I talk about, I start talking really, really, really fast <laughs> and I start shaking. And, <laughs> and like, so then, you know, five minutes into me talking or whatever, and I'm just like going 90 to nothing. Like I can't breathe. And I'm like gasping for air because I haven't breathed for that entire five minutes. And it's just awful. <laughs> and, and then I don't let the other person get it a word in edgewise. And it's just a mess. And so I, I would love to, you know, talk to people about this stuff. You know, I come here and this is a, a great time for that. You know, I, in terms of talking to people who maybe don't, who maybe don't have a relationship with God, like I really want to reach those people and I don't really know how. And so I had an experience um, really recently where I just, you know, I was in that place where I just didn't think that I was doing any good for God and it made me really sad and I didn't know but God had been really trying to teach me how to like rely on him and trust in him. And like this message had kept coming up about how he works through us. That is not our doing. It's his doing. And so, you know, he's the one who comes through. It's not, it's not all us. And so I was out and about and I went by 
a loved one's house and was talking to him and his kids and yeah we just we got to talking about various things and I left and I just like had this I don't get it very often but like this like I needed to tell him that you know he, he seemed to be struggling with things and I needed to tell him that like you know I saw that and I don't know just I guess validate for him or whatever that he is cared for that he is loved and that um you know, like there, there is some hope there and to not give up kind of a thing. And so I don't remember exactly what I, I sent him, but I texted him something and he texted me back. He had been thinking about me lately and about how there was just basically, I can't remember exactly what he said, but something about the way that I came up, came off or like the way that I lived my life or whatever that was, um, it just struck him in a certain way that was good. And it was something that he had been contemplating recently. And it just, and through that, and like, it, it wasn't like a, it just, in that moment, I read that and I just thought it was so beautiful. And I thought about like how God had been telling me over and over again, like, you know, it's not like, yes, you, you answer my, my yes. Like you answer yes to me and you treat me people with, you know, love and respect, like try to serve people, all that kind of stuff. You're going to do it imperfectly. And that's one of my things that I was doing is so imperfectly, but I'll work through you. And in that moment, it was like a big shining light of like, this wasn't me. Like, this was God working through me. And just how beautiful that was. And so that recently has been like a big message for me in that, you know, I'm not doing necessarily what I want to do for God, but it's not about what I want to do for God. If I want to further God's kingdom, if that is my end goal, then I have to answer his yes and what he's asking me to do right now. And right now, I am, he's asking me to mainly serve my family, which is always going to be mainly serve my family. 85-90% of what I'm doing right now is serving my family as opposed to what I was, you know, maybe what I, I've been wanting to do, which is serve my family, you know, during these times and then have a big chunk of my of my life as well where I'm doing some kind of ministry. Like Lauren was talking about um, with, you know, just surrendering to God and and allowing him to do the work. I've been doing this, um, well, it's kind of like a personal retreat, I guess, to the Holy Spirit, because I've been talking about the Holy Spirit a lot. But um, one of the things that the lady who um, is doing this retreat talks about is discerning if it's the Holy Spirit that's talking to you. And while you were talking about, like, you were asking yourself, like, is this pride or is this, you know, these questions that come up in our head. And she talked about, one of the ways that you know it's the Holy Spirit directing you to do this thing. Is it about how you're going to feel ministering to people or is there actually going to be benefits and fruits from uh-huh. this coming from it? And I thought that is like such a big thing because like, you know, so many times I go, oh, well, I don't know if I want to do that because I don't know if that's like me just wanting to be hey, I'm so awesome, <laughs> or if this is me be actually being helpful, which is what I'm, like, I, is what I'm striving for, is to be the help, be helpful, not not have that pride yeah. aspect. And um, when she said that, that really set home with me. And I, I was thinking about her a lot tonight while you were talking about you praying for humility and, you know, trying to be less, you know, attached to those prideful things. I don't know, just hearing you talk about that just made me think about her and and thinking about our listeners and, like, 
I I think one of the, the the goals that we had in sharing these like now stories, I guess, is that we hope that when you're having these moments and you're like, ooh, is that the Holy Spirit or, or is this just coincidences or is that my pride? That yeah, you know, take the time to pray about it and see what they're saying. What you know, if the Holy Spirit's saying to you, but also being willing to say yes if it is the Holy Spirit like that. That's one of the things like um, we have our anniversary episode coming up and we've been doing some of that recording lately too. And this podcast, I had no idea what was going to happen with it. It was probably the fastest yes I ever said to the Holy Spirit. Like literally these women, these ladies names were put on my heart at that moment and within five minutes, I had messaged them and asked them to do this with me. And here we are almost two years later. And my hope is that we are doing God's work. Yeah. And not only that, like, I think with, with the stories about right now is it's, I think it is helpful to talk about things that have happened in the past, like difficult things and mm-hmm. how, you know, being able to persevere and try your best to rely on God. And then like, you know, the, came out the other end and you were stronger in faith and beautiful things happen and all these things those are good and they're helpful but also I would hope that talking about these kind of things would help people to go okay well like you know talking about how I'm like I'm personally in many different difficult things right now like there's many areas in my life right now where I'm having a hard time where I've had doubts where I'm struggling currently I haven't come out the other end yet (laughs) and and it's and it's hard, but like I would hope that you know being able to maybe relate to somebody out there and say like yeah I'm in that place right now too, but God is still good and He's still there and to you know try to try to still see that maybe like it'll give somebody a little bit of light. Yeah, and some struggles can be transformed. Like if mm-hmm. you have something that is permanent, you know, like it can still be transformed. And that that bad place that you're in doesn't always have to be a bad place. God can transform it and make it into something beautiful, mm-hmm. even in the midst of that difficulty. Well, and that just makes me think of two, another thing that I am learning right now. And I don't, Lauren gave me a book. It's the Q&A Guide to Mental Prayer. I don't remember the name of the author, but I highly recommend this book. It's just, you know, like, like it says, it has a bunch of questions and then answers. But one of the things it's talking about is the different stages of, um, like, spiritual development. So it talks about, like, the purgative way and then the illuminative way. And I can't remember the last way. And then there's, like, you know, kind of, like, bridges in between. Um, And I have no idea where I'm at in those. But, like, it, it was interesting because I have been, one of the things that God has been, teaching me recently is how to let go of constant like not to depend on consolations Mm -hmm. that I am not to love how God makes me feel you kind of brought this up I'm not um, to love how God makes me feel like those are that's good those are goods and and they're gifts and they're beautiful and um, and I love God for it but I am to love God who he is Um, And, you know, like when he makes me feel good, when he makes me feel loved, like he is goodness. He is love. Like I was recently reading that book and it was talking about, you know, um, progressing through these stages of prayer and how you get to a point and Lauren would know this better. um, 
but you get to this point where God starts detaches you from worldly things, but then he starts detaching you from spiritual things. So things like consolations and how people who progress through these, these kind of last stages, how they describe it as hell, because it's, I don't even, I don't, I, I don't fully understand it yet. But it's, you know, you're not getting those consolations and you're relying just on God and your relationship with him and your union with him, which for me, I'm like, you know, but how do you rely on God without the consolation? Like, I mean, you know, like, you know, that's part of the beauty of being with God is those consolations. So I don't fully understand it. So I don't know if I should be speaking to this. But, um, but it, you know, when I read that, I was kind of like a, a little bit afraid because I've been getting this message over and over again about how I don't need to be relying on the constellations and how, again, they're good and they're beautiful and be grateful for them when you, when you get them. But then when I have these dry periods about how those are times to really like buckle down, like, you know, and dig my feet into the dirt that, and yes. Running like, the race, exactly, the endurance, that, that perseverance. perseverance. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh. <laughs> and so, and just being there. And so often I fall back because I'm not getting those constellations and I don't feel like I'm close to God anymore. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I come out of that and I realize, ah, that's what, that's exactly what I should not have done. But so I've been experiencing that. And then I was in adoration and I read that part of the book and I was scared to read any further. <laughs> Cause again, I don't know where I'm at uh, in terms of, you know, my prayer life and the stage that I'm in and stuff. And I know that kind of like mold together, like they're not, you know, fixed definitive like lines between them and stuff but so I don't know where I'm at with that but it kind of scared me a little bit and so so even then like through that I've had had another lesson of like giving up that fear giving it to God not being afraid of where he's leading me and just even when I do feel afraid giving it to him and say I'm going to trust you anyways I'm going to make the choice to do so it's so interesting how God you know, when we're trying to build up one of the virtues, that's going well. Like we're building up this virtue, how things will happen. And he shows us this other little vice that was sneaking in, if mm -hmm. that makes any sense. And you know, because people don't think of fear as being a vice, but it is. Oh, yeah. And, and um, you know, fear leads to anger and resentment and all sorts of things. And But we're human. And so these are things that, you know, I think a lot of times we think that, we got over a hurdle, we're done with it, when really it's a constant working and churning. And um, maybe we don't deal with it in the same way the next time it comes around, but this is as long as we're here, these things are just going to keep coming up and we become stronger and more focused. As long as we have that hope in, in God, these things will strengthen us. And like Lauren has said many times, he, he grants us those supernatural graces to endure those things when we trust in him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that, and that we don't have to do it perfectly. Yeah. That when we have those setbacks, it's just another opportunity to learn. You know? where we're at. Yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah. And, you know, and there's some struggles that we do need help with, too. Like, it's not, it's not like we're supposed to be... You know, yes, God is there, and we're not supposed to use any other outside help. Like, there's mental struggles that maybe we need to go see a counselor okay. for. Um, there's marriage struggles, again, maybe we need to go see a counselor for. Or maybe um, we need to talk to a priest and see what he suggests or things like that. So um, relying on God doesn't mean not letting others help you. So, like, 
these struggles that we live and you know ebb and flow in our lives be open to letting God work through others for you too because he he can work through you while others are working while he's working through others to you if that makes yeah. any sense so um just making making sure that saying that you know these things are constant and ever changing and ongoing doesn't mean to that you have to do them alone because we did say persevere and endurance but the, which it is but sometimes he gives you a partner to help you, you know, a coach. Well, and I mean, <laughs> and he gave human beings the ration, the, the a rational mind and an ingenuitive mind and all of that in order to develop things like, you know, if you need some kind of medication for a physical illness, a mental illness, to be able to like have something to aid you yes. or to go to a counselor. Like it's okay because somebody has developed the skills to be able to listen and guide you in the right way. Yes. You know, and of, you know, of course, hopefully that's the right way in conjunction with your teaching and all that stuff. But um, so, yeah, like I, I think you're right about that. I think there is a belief out there that when, you rely on God, that means that you shun everything, like every natural resource there is in the world. Mm-hmm. And like, no, God gave us these things yes. and the, the ability to develop, develop them and they are goods for us to use. Yes. So You've heard a lot of our past stories, but we hope that these um, current stories of how God's working in our lives um, give you some help. We also love to hear how God's working in your life right now. Feel free to comment on our Facebook page, Instagram, or email us directly at coffeeandcatholics.com. And as always, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Join us again in two weeks. Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you.